is Alternate Take. I am your host, Danny Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, we hit the farm. That's right. I don't know why. We hit the farm, dude. The dairy farm. So exciting. We got to talk to Mr. Mark McAfee. Mark McAfee is the CEO and founder of Raw Farm. And Raw Farm is the only dairy we touch in this house. That's right, man. Um, I got onto the raw dairy train, I would say, about two years ago from the great Dr. Paul Saladino. Um, if you don't know who that is, go check out his Instagram. And he does a great job of kind of elaborating on a an on a animal-based diet, I would say. And the huge benefits of raw dairy. Uh, I didn't know anything about it for a long time, but now I know a lot about it. Um, and... It's insane to, to, to be able to talk to this guy, man. This guy's products have literally changed my life. So I was so excited to talk to him, man, about how, you know, how Raw Farm got created and what's the difference between raw milk and regular milk. Like, I, I didn't even know what pasteurization meant or homogenization meant for years. You know, I don't know what that stuff is and um, how bioavailable raw milk is. Everything, man. The, the FDA regulations. It was a great episode and very informative. And for those of you guys who don't know, Raw Farm is sold at sprouts it's sold at uh mother's markets it's sold at erwan markets uh bristol farms it's a ton of places man but go do yourself a favor and go get the best damn milk there is out there anyways without further ado i bring to you the great ceo and founder of raw farm mr mark mcafee alternate take what is up you guys thanks for coming back man we brought you guys a very special guest we brought you guys the owner the founder and the CEO of Raw Farm. How are you doing, Mr. Mark McAfee? I am terrific. Thanks for inviting me on. Of course. No, I had to. It was a big, big honor of mine to be able to host you because I've been using your products, I would say, for the past um, two years. I was like, actually, hold on. Let's brag a little bit here, should we? Should we brag a little bit here? With a little bit yeah, of yeah. Here? There it is. Come on. Uh, I've been using your products for about two years at least. And um, I've been spreading it like wildfire. I've been telling friends, I've been telling family, I've been telling everybody about the tremendous product that you guys have been putting out for a good while now. Again, like, and, and, and it's crazy that I only caught the attention of it just a couple of years ago. Yeah. But um, that's why I wanted to get started. Um, you guys have been in farm for what? Running organic pastures since 99, I believe. 98. It was established and producing raw milk in 99. And then we changed our name to raw farm three years ago. Wow, just incredible. I, I think one of the main influences I saw was um, Dr. Paul Saladino, who you guys work with now, which is tremendous. I think that's probably where I caught it from. I don't remember where, but um, it's been a huge game changer in my life, which I would imagine for a lot of people it has. Um, let's start off from the beginning. I, I, how did you uh, get started with your farm? How, how did that whole process start for you? Well, a real quick story. Uh, my first job out of high school, I was a commercial welder in a mine up in the mountains of Tilda and Tungsten. And I saw a guy nearly get killed and helicopter came in to pick him up, take him to the hospital, save his life. And I was so impressed by the whirling helicopter blades and the orange jumpsuits to the paramedic. I said, I've got to be one of those guys. So <laughs> I went off, got my pre-med and became a certified paramedic, graduated valedictorian in my paramedic class. And I absolutely loved paramedic medicine. And I did that for about 16 years. I held every position you can imagine. I was an ACL instructor. I taught paramedic medicine for the health department. I was an operations director, HR. I, I was a paramedic on the, on the helicopter. I did everything in paramedic medicine for 16 years. So I had a really in-depth medical orientation in my life for the first chapter. 
Um, that really suited well for when my grandparents passed away and a thousand acres of ground was left to my brothers and I. And none of my brothers wanted to farm and I was the only one that was ready to do something different. I was kind of done with dead bodies and, and not getting any sleep at night. <laughs> uh, so my wife is a nurse with a master's in nursing. She was delivering babies. So with both of us together in the medical field, uh, we decided to retire from that and start the farming operations, but with a very intentional plan. And that plan was we were going to serve people, not a processor. Wow. And that, that. Was a, that was a big deal. That's a big deal because the world's apart. And as a result, after we started our farm, long story short, uh, quickly became a raw dairy. Uh, we started an organic dairy that was actually serving organic value, but that only lasted a couple months because people started showing up saying, we want your milk raw. And I said, I want to serve you. What is it you want? They said, we want non-GMO. We want cows on pasture. We want to visit you. We don't want processing. We want homogenization. We need treatment at all. We want this milk pure, Mother Nature's blueprint. I said, okay, let me get to it. And so we did. We built a creamery really, really quickly. And we started producing raw milk. And now that's 23 years after the fact. Wow, amazing. And, and for the listeners who don't know, or I don't have much uh, information on what is raw milk, what is raw milk from, from a definitional standpoint? Raw milk is a very, very unusual food. It is the first food of life for all mammals. It defines us as mammals, right? By nursing our young, it defines us. It makes us a part of the mammalian category of life on earth, right? Right. So that's a very unusual thing because babies, when they're born, human babies especially, don't have an immune system. Very, very weak one. They don't have a digestive tract that's developed. And what's the first food of life does? Well, first is colostrum, which is not milk. It's actually from the blood system of the mom transferring to the baby through the breast um, all the immunoglobulins and blood serum components and everything that, that you would need to have in the baby that it didn't have before birth when it was inside the womb of the mom. And then within literally a day or two, raw milk starts to come out of the breast or the udder of cows, goats, sheep, horses, camels, reindeer, okay, uh, to nourish their baby wholly completely nourish them, not does anything else. So it does three things. It, it directs the baby, it protects the baby, and it nourishes the baby. Three things, nourishes, protects, and directs. What do you mean by direct? It's got stem cells in it. It's got antibodies in it. It has microRNA in it. Wow. It's all these things that the baby used to get directly from mom with hormones and direction from mom. Now it gets through breast milk to keep things aligned up and going in the right direction because the baby would be in confusion without it. Okay, that's that's direction. Protection. Oligosaccharide sugars. Oligosaccharide sugars don't actually nourish the baby. They nourish the bacteria in the gut of the baby. It suppresses bad bacteria and enhances the bifido good bacteria. Wow, specialized sugars. Um, it fully nourishes. Fats, sugars, proteins minerals, all kinds of wonderful things in a form which is formed over a literally, pick your number, 100,000 years, a million years of evolution, where the only the optimal would, suffi would, would, um, would survive on a generation by generation, 
generation basis by the pressures of optimal survival of the best, of the fittest. So what you have is the first food of life, which builds the immune system in the baby, nourishes the baby completely, protects the baby, does all kinds of great things. And what we really find interesting, and this is where it really comes into your show here, is that when your gut's all messed up from antibiotic abuse, microbiome destruction from GMOs and um, sterilized foods and all these things that we do to our gut in this first world nation, sugar consumption, all that stuff. What's the food that would correct the destruction? It would be the food that built it first. Interesting. It would be the first food of life. The food that its directive, its purpose was to build the digestive tract, which is 80% of the immune system and the wonderful place where we intersect with our food, right? So if you have a screwed up gut, why wouldn't you go back to the building blocks we built your gut to begin with? Or hopefully did. Maybe you weren't breastfed. But the bottom line is only 33% of the kids are breastfed in America, which is really unfortunate. But if moms can't breastfeed their baby, you better be a whole food nutrition or your baby's going to have a messed up immune system. And all kinds of things come from that, which we see in, now and today. The, the gut brain axis, the gut lung axis. Um, I personally have a feeling that one of the reasons we have this completely crazy out of out of crazy crime rates and um, destructive behaviors and weird stuff going on in our brain of America is because the gut of America is totally destroyed. So that's yeah, my opening agree. speech there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I I think the uh, comparison to raw breast milk is actually very accurate. Um, doing the research that I've I've done, um, and I'm no doctor, but um, the enzymes and the probiotics and the healthy fats and like you said, the vitamins, A, D, E, K, calcium, all those things are very, um, I guess, active, active in raw brass milk. They're bioavailable and they're active. Right. 60% of the bioactive elements, the alkaline phosphate enzyme, lactoferrin, and you go on and on. All of those things are carried on what? The butterfat globule. Wow. Wow. This is not information coming out of Mark McAfee's head. This is coming from Dr. Bruce German, the director PhD at UC Davis of the International Milk Genomics Consortium. They've been studying breast milk, cow's milk, every kind of milk you can imagine at the genomic level. Uh, looking at proteomics, look at the proteins. Look at all, There's 2,500 different kinds of proteins found in raw milk. There's 700 different kinds of bacteria at low levels found in raw milk. Wow, these are the seeds of life. These are the things that your body craves and needs to have a strong immune system and function properly. They are, it's, a, it's, a, it's a snapshot into the blueprint of how we begin as humans. And what a miraculous blueprint to look at, right? So we see from people tremendous um, stories of recovery from all kinds of things. Now, I will say this, Danny, Danny the FDA doesn't like me. They are scared to death of me. They are they're petrified. They have, me under, right. they, have me, they have me under continuous court order to not create a new drug by talking about specific medical claims on raw milk. I will create a new drug, and that's actually a crime. They can incarcerate me for it. So you're going to hear me say, do your own research. You're going to say, listen to Danny. You're going to say, look at all the PubMed, which is the rigorous research studies that talk about the the, the science behind all the breast milk claims, by the way, uh, all the raw milk claims done in Europe. Look at them. 
Look at the rawmilkinstitute.org and look at the studies yourself. I can't speak of them, but I'm telling you right now, powerful, powerful, uh, life-saving medical benefits to raw milk. Huge. Absolutely. I mean, I, I could speak to them because I'm, I'm the host of this podcast. So Thank you very much, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've, I've seen very high-level protection benefits, things that aren't necessarily uh, related to your um, basic forms of health, but like protection forms of, of skin problems like eczema. I've seen yeah. people um, with allergies getting better. This It's it's unbelievable that the levels of um, progress people make using this. And I can see the interest as to why they want you to stop. It makes a lot of sense. Um, these people have clearly an interest. There's a reason why there was propaganda against raw milk in the first place. And it was to monetize it. I mean, this, this is the main reason why well, they're against here's it. Here's something very interesting, very few people know, and that is you cannot create a new drug from an unprocessed whole food. <laughs> it has to be a processed food and it has to be patented. It has to go through a process with specialized. A new drug is, is a patented, highly processed thing. Even a medical food cannot come from a natural food. It has to be a process specific thing for a particular medical diagnosis. So what we're talking about here is a, a backdoor way to stop the news from the good news from uh, the farmer that actually is bringing forth a food, which is for all times has been a healing food. And in California, thank God and thank uh, the Stubies in Altadena down in Los Angeles for protecting the gates to keep raw milk legal because they were the ones that always said, nope, we're going to keep raw milk legal until May of 1999, which is the last port of Stubies natural raw milk came from Altadena dairy was produced. And we came into production right after that. And just by fate, uh, that void was open to us and we listened to the consumers and we pursued it. But I tell you what, um, uh, we need to just build the market strong and have a lot of really healthy, happy moms that come out and support and listen to your broad podcasts and more influencers talk about this. Uh, Dr. Paul Saladino was just here on the farm for three days with his, with his team. And he can speak of this. He's a medical doctor. He can do what he wants. And he is going on and on because I gave him the whole list, massive list of PubMed articles that are peer-reviewed on the FDA, NIH, CDC website, talking about all these fantastic health benefits to raw milk. But I can't speak of them. So it's wonderful to have influencers that are taking this ball and running with it. Oh, it's it's the most important thing for me. I, I Like I said, it really did change my life. I didn't stop, or I stopped drinking milk for about 10 years um, in general. I didn't have much of an issue with it, and I have like a lactose problem or anything. I'm um, talking about processed milk. Um, but uh, I didn't see much benefit for me. It was only causing me to be a little bit bloated and not only gain a little bit of weight. And then all, all the alternatives didn't make any sense either. All the, you know, almond milks and, and plant-based milks, they didn't have much of a, a positive effect either. So I just basically stopped drinking milk for 10 years. It wasn't until um, your company specifically, which was the first one I even tried, um, where I saw all the benefits, where you're looking at um, – all the vitamins that you're getting, A, D, E, K, all these things, the the omega-3 fatty acids, the congelic uh, ole linoleic acid, the, you know, CLA to shorten it. I can't talk, talk right now. Um, <laughs> but those things, all all the benefits coming from that is what really opened my eyes to going, oh my, this is this is the way milk is supposed to be, you know, supposed to, it's the way you're supposed to drink it. It's just like meat. Everyone has no problem doing it with meat, though. I don't get it. Like with meat, it's like, if it's grass-fed, grass-finished, you're like thrilled. You're like, this is the best thing. But with milk, they lose their minds. They start panicking. They start making up all these crazy things. And it's, it's right. Um, I wanted to actually go into the process of how it's made because I think this is something listeners would like to know because um, there's a lot of basic questions out there. I don't want them to pass over. Like, what is pasteurization? What is homogenization? What do these things do to milk? 
And well, why is that different from what you guys don't do? Sure. Well, I'm going to give credit to the FDA here a little bit. They're speaking about half of the story. I'm going to talk about the other half of the story. Milk produced as intended for pasteurization under, under the uh, pasteurized milk ordinance, which is the FDA regulation for, for milk production to be pasteurized. You have massive amounts of bacteria, including very bad bacteria, E. coli, listeria, salmonella, campylobacter, and unlimited amounts because they never test for them. Because the five-log kill step of pasteurization, which is cooking the heck out of it, is going to re remedy all that problem. So the FDA is correct that if you go down to the local dairy that's producing cheap milk that's going to be pasteurized and commingled with everybody else's milk in the community because it's all going to get cooked, that milk could be dangerous for some people. I do agree with that. However, the other half of the story is untold, and it's starting to get told now. But in 1893, 1893, Dr. Coit, Dr. Henry Coit, established the American Association of Medical Milk Commissions, the AAMMC. That same year, Strauss, who's a philanthropist, brought in the parboiler, early form of basically bucket boiling milk to, to pasteurize it. And in downtown New York, Philadelphia, Boston, even London, England, and Moscow, people are dying left and right when they're bringing cows into the city, but there's no good uh, clean water and there was nothing to eat. It was a filthy set of conditions with typhoid and brucellosis and all these horrible things going on. At that time, there was kind of a, a bifurcation, a division of the pathways of milk. You had raw milk produced under the AAMMC standards with Dr. Coit, which came from clean grass pastures in the countryside with sunshine and clean water. And that milk was going to the Mayo Clinic to help people as a healing food. And you have the uh, the uh, uh, Strauss milk, which was downtown brewery dairy milk, which is disgusting, being cooked. And that was the cheap way to remedy the problems they were having in the milk. They called it the milk problem. It was killing 40% of the people that were, were drinking it. So the FDA is telling one part of the story, has perpetuated that story, and never told the other side of the story. The last dairy to be AAMMC certified was Altadena in Los Angeles. And in 2011, we started the Raw Milk Institute to start certifying dairies under a not modern standard, which took the AAMMC standards to a new level with modern technology. So there's an emergence now of that specialized, wonderful raw milk, which is extremely low risk. I'm not going to say zero, but it approaches zero. That is produced, and this is to answer your question, clean, healthy cows pastured or in a, an environment like a pasture, clean and dry, not a bunch of mud and manure and junk. Fed properly with good minerals that is tested for tuberculosis, tested for brucellosis, make sure they're not carrying some disease, that are clean properly so their udder is clean, milking machines applied to them, the milking machines themselves are clean, the pathway to the chiller, which chills them up rapidly, is clean, and then put into a tank, which is clean. So you've collected the cow milk in a clean environment from clean conditions, and nothing's contaminated it, and it's chilled rapidly from body temperature of the cow at 99 degrees, much like ours, down to about 35 degrees, which is just a couple of degrees above freezing. And that stops the bacterial growth. And those are beneficial yogurt-like bacteria. That's 700 kinds of bacteria we're talking about. Those are beneficial bacteria in diversity, which actually are fantastic for your gut. Inflammation is driven down by biological diversity of bacteria in the gut and the food that feeds it. So that's how we produce our milk. We also do think one thing uh, separately, differently that 
than most other dairies. I don't know of any dairy in the world that does what we do. That's every batch of milk that's produced. Every batch of milk every day is tested for all four pathogens. Wow. So we test, we test in a local lab. We get the data back in between 12 and 20 hours. So the milk spends a day in the tank being tested and it's released to our creamery where we bottle our cream, our butter, our milk, our, our make our kefir, butter, everything, cheese, everything. As a batch that is pathogen free with a, certi a certificate of, of, of analysis, COA. So you have a batch. So we have a very, very high level of confidence that in fact, our milk is pathogen free and good to go based on the state standards and based on our own standards, which are higher than the states. And then they're distributed to 500 stores throughout California. So it is true. If you go to any old dairy that produces raw milk for pasteurization, you can have a problem. I do agree. But if you take another set of standards and you apply those standards, you never commingle that milk with other people's milk, you have an exquisitely low risk, very safe raw milk, which is, brings you incredible value for the farmer as well as the consumer. And I think that answers most of your question, I think. It does. Yeah. And I and I think it's it's very well put because I, I want people to understand how this is created and what you guys are having cows eating who are grass grazed, which is the same as essentially grass fed, right? That's basically the same thing, I would imagine. Um, well, I'll, I'll be clear about that. We do not grass feed our cows every day of the year. Right now, they're not. The reason okay. is it's hotter than hell. Yeah. The cows have a hard time at 110 degrees. We, right. keep them we keep them in shade during this period of time. We don't want them to be under any kind of stress. So in the springtime, in the mornings, uh, in the fall, yes, they get reused to pasture here and there, here and there, here and there all the time. But they do get a place to go back to protect themselves from the elements. And the heat this summer is a very important thing here in the San Joaquin Valley. And we want to make sure they're protected. Right. That's good. And so, so they get extra, like I'm assuming, protein supplements, other things that right. they're eating. Alfalfa, all kinds of good stuff. We have a, a, a nutritionist that works with us. One of the most dangerous things we've learned in the last 23 years is to have a weakened cow. You want to have a cow who has plenty of energy and good body condition, who's happy, not stressed, and with good minerals. So we make sure that our ration that we give to those cows is optimal for her to assure that she is fully nourished because you don't want to have a sick or a weak cow producing milk. And we don't push her hard to make a lot of milk. They're making five or six gallons a day. My neighbors are pushing 12 to 15 gallons because they've got to make it or they or they die off as a farm. So right. it's a different set of conditions, different economics, different customers, different purpose. Uh, everything is different here. And that's so hard to really have people appreciate and understand is the difference between what we're doing and other dairies might be doing. Oh, I, I, I can tell a difference right away. Once, <laughs> once you explain it that way too, especially like it's come straight from the cow, it's immediately refrigerated. We're already testing it right away to make sure that there isn't some sort of harmful thing in it. Um, we're not pasteurizing it. We're not heating it up to a certain temperature to get rid of all that really good bacteria that your body wants and craves and needs. Um, you're not homogenizing. You're not doing any of these things. These things are super important. And it's the source of everything else that you create. Like it, when you create that raw milk, now you can create raw heavy cream. Now you can create raw kefir, raw cheddar. And these things are so damn beneficial. It's unbelievable. I, it, it's, it's crazy how much I've even noticed in the last two years. Like it's my... I've never had a big, uh, a big skin problem to be honest, but my skin has gotten more clear. Um, I, the inflammation has actually gone down. Like you said, I it's, it's kind of opposite of what you would hear. If you're a normal person, you always hear out loud, like, Oh, you drink too much milk. You're too much dairy. You're going to get bloated. You're going to be inflamed. And it's so not the case with this. It's so crazy how like, it's literally the opposite. <laughs> it's unbelievable how that works. 
I think you point out something very important, Danny, very important. The number one, and this is quite tragic when you think about it. it it's sad. I, I sit on a board. I'm vice president of the California Dairy Campaign. I'm the only raw guy in the room. The rest of them are all pasteurized guys. Uh, but they respect me enough to treat them with decency and not put them down for the damn hard work they do, but they're not being paid well. It's the standards that they're they're used, they're being forced to perform under. But, you know, it's really interesting that when you start looking at this, a dairyman's producing raw milk containing pasteurization is completely alienated. He has nobody visiting him ever. And he's underpaid. The, the price he's getting is less than the cost of production. So it is the number one um, suicide Farmers and dairymen are right at the top of the suicide rate in America. Really wow. tragic. Uh, pasteurized milk is the number one most allergenic food at the FDA website. Number one. Number one. Why? We have all that load of bacteria in the milk that's going to get pasteurized, right? Big, heavy load of it. And it's going to get cooked. Well, how does the cooking process kill the bacteria? It does it through what's called lysing, lysing, cell lysing. It breaks open the cell body, goes pop open, and the internal cell contents get spilled out outside. Well, your body is now kind of drinking an elixir of all these dead body parts. And what's happening is your body goes, wait a minute, that's not a living thing. That's garbage. Get it out of here. Mass cells break open. Histamines are released. And uh, you have all kinds of mucus that gathers up the stuff to get it out. Poop it out, pee it out, keep it out, whatever you got to do, get it out because it's not part. And that's where the allergy response comes from in, in pasteurized milk. And it's really quite tragic when you think about all the hard work done by all these dairymen that are on the edge of it, right? Um, and their consumers are saying, no, I can't drink pasteurized milk. I'm going to go to oat milk, soy milk, almond milk, raw milk, um, because pasteurized milk has failed both the consumer and the farmer um, and failed its purpose because I think they've never really appreciated the fact that the fact that when you denature the milk, all these other things happen. It also makes it very hard to digest. Pasteurized milk is good for shelf life, long shelf life, because it's dead. <laughs> it doesn't like to break down or, or ferment because the fermentation bacteria are, are toast. They're cooked. Um, so raw milk has a, a shorter shelf life of 20 days or so. And what we get a really long shelf life with our milk at 20 days because super clean, super quick, super cold. You keep the low level of diversity of good bacteria alive and well, but they're not growing very fast until they reach your gut and then they populate like crazy. And that's really important for your gut microbiome. Um, but it's just fascinating to see the differences between pasteurized milk and raw milk and raw milk that's produced intentionally for people with all these high standards and testing. Yeah, definitely. I I, I noticed also like the... Um... Or at least what I've read is that the whey protein compounds are intact. They're not broken when they're not when they're not pasteurized. They just stay the way they're supposed to be, which is how they become digestible for your body in the first place. It's, it's incredible. Well, I think Dr. Ton Bars, he used to sit on the board of directors at the Ramalk Institute. He did the study in the Netherlands at Utrecht University. And the studies on murine mice, which are they're mice, they're humanized mice. So they, they have similar immune system, similar type of behaviors and genetics to humans in a mice form, so they can do them in studies, found that the raw whey protein stabilizes mast cells, and mast cells are the origins of histamines. So if you have a histamine response, uh, mast cells uh, contain those histamines and keep them from releasing. So the whey protein stabilizes the mast cell and keeps the histamines from going crazy. And I'm sure there's other kinds of uh, positive effects from the whey, from um, raw fats and other things. And, and it, you can't really take one component and say it's the miraculous part of raw milk. It works with every other part of raw milk 
as this synergistic matrix of life. And you take one part out, doesn't work like it did. You leave it all together intact and it works miraculously uh, in the gut and the rest of the body to really transform into a strong bi a microbiome, strong immune system, and starts to do all kinds of things with not no longer having inflammation. It's very, in fact, Dr. Bruce German said another word. He said, his word said, raw milk, breast milk is the most anti-inflammatory food on earth. Wow. Yeah. The alkaline phosphatase is very anti-inflammatory. Uh, anti there's lots of things that the raw whey protein is very anti-inflammatory. And there's a laundry list of them, but they're all there for intention. Think about a baby being born. If it didn't have anti-inflammatory pro-immune system type things going on, it'd be a mess because it wouldn't be able to deal with all these new stressors on its body, its environment. It was a protected mom's womb, safe and secure and warm and fuzzy and, you know, hanging out there. And then, wow, this big, bright world and all these things, bacteria, human beings, kisses, hugs, dogs, cats. It would be an immune system mess and it would be a, a chronic, chronic inflammation unless that inflammation was under control and the immune system was functioning because it inherited it from the raw milk from mom. Right. Absolutely. And you know, you, you said something earlier that um, for sure I thought was super important. You were talking about gut health. I, I think you see the trends of diets or at least the emphasis on what's important to someone's diet over the last 20 years. And they've just changed like by, by years, decades. It's, I remember like in the nineties growing up, it was always low sugar, low fat, and then always worrying about calories. Those are like yeah. the things everyone yeah. worried about. And then for a while there, it, 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 definitely took over there was a huge keto jump for like 10 years where it was like hey just low carb low sugar um and high fats and there's a lot of benefits to the keto diet for a lot of people too and sure, uh, sure. and obviously some cons as well too but a lot of positives but now i feel like the primary focus of health conscious people is gut health and yes. and yes and i think that's born out totally it's born out to be true in the blue zones around the world um the blue zones are you familiar with them a little bit not really. Okay. The blue zones have been identified as areas of the world where people live to be 90 to 100 years old and don't have much disease, uh, live long, healthy, uh, good lives. Uh, Sardinia, Greece, uh, Loma Linda, believe it or not, the Seventh-day Adventists down in LA have an area they consider a blue zone. Um, there's other, um, uh, in Japan, there's an island there that has the blue zone. It was mostly equatorial kinds of around the you know, Mediterranean. There are areas, the Balkans, there's some blue zones. So it's interesting that their diets are whole food diets, whole food diets. Um, raw milk kefir is one of the things consumed uh, in that diet, along with avocados and great vegetables and good fats. And they also have a loving connection with their neighbors and have community, um, plenty of sunshine. Um, it's interesting to see how those environments, they're not clean. They're, they're, not, um, they're close to the soil, let's put it that way. And that means that they're not in inflammation because their microbiome and their macrobiome and their whole microbiome of their body is complete. They get plenty of genomic information that drives. I always say this, it's really important to kind of, for the 21st century mind, think about the Steve's job creation here, the cell phone, right? We have all got one. The cell phone has hardware and it has software. It would sit there with a fully charged battery doing zero for us if it didn't have software. Didn't have an app to drive it. Well, our body's got 23,000 genes from mom and dad. That's our hardware. But I'll tell you what, there's millions of genes that come from the bacteria that should be in and on us 
that help complete our microbiome, which actually genomically completes our human genome. We discovered that in 2001. It was a Department of Energy study on what happens to sailors that are connected to uh, uh, radi radiation and submarines and stuff. What makes the human genome the human genome? The bacteria, you idiot. You know, it's like, wow. Uh, and you start taking the bacteria out of the body and you start getting autoimmune diseases. You start getting inflammation. You start getting, you start getting stupid human cells. So, and all kinds of weird things happen with stem cells not being differentiated and stem cells off going off doing things like becoming cancer cells, doing stupid things versus doing what they're supposed to do, driven by a genomic bandwidth, the software, which is bacteria. Well, how do we get good bacteria? Well, we consume it. We stop killing it. And we feed it, right? If right. you feed it, if feed, and how do you feed good bacteria? With whole food nutrition. No preservatives, no antibiotics, no funky weird stuff that's going to kill off the good bacteria, which will always outcompete the bad if given food and time to do so. So I think there's a piece of science that is really important. It's sort of understanding the human genome and how it's been discovered that it's loaded with beneficial bacteria that's critical to our health. Yeah, I, I think it's super important too that you being this knowledgeable on science um, and being able to relate it in such a easy to accept way for people, because yeah. I do think there is there there are stereotypes for everything. And I, I don't think the average person thinks like a dairy farmer can just yeah. rattle off scientific facts. Yeah. like this. I think they just go, oh, garden down, dude, here's some milk. I think that's what they think a raw fair, like a dairy farmer would say, you know, and you're not that at all. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air. It's, it's nice. I, people that I'm are. A I'm a really dangerous guy to the FDA. Let's put it that way, because <laughs> I challenge the paradigm and say farmers over pharmacies first. Farmers right. over pharmacies first. Yes, we need modern medicine. Yes, we need trauma centers. Yes, we need burn centers. Yes, we need modern drugs and all that stuff. But it should be about 20% of what we're doing. 80% should be eating well and preventing disease to begin with. Absolutely. That was rattle, off number, rattle off some numbers real quick to you. I'll be the only farmer in the world in the room at the International Milk Genomics Consortium uh, meeting, which I've 14 times I've been every year in Ireland this year. I'm going to be there in September. I've been all over the world, and I'm the only farmer in the world taking that information back to give other farmers. Wow. I'll tell you, 13 children a day dying from asthma under medical treatment in America. 13 children a day. Crohn's, 130,000 ileostomies a day, and that's normal, and that's okay. Poop in a plastic bag, cutting out your intestines. That's Western medicine. All of that is gut microbiome related. Dr. Dr. Annette Jewett speaks. Uh, she's a, a medical doctor. Uh, she's a medical researcher, a PhD at UCLA. She teaches medical students. She teaches doctors. She challenged her students a couple of years ago. If you can find a modern disease process, which does not have an origin in the gut, you can take an, you take an A from my class and leave. Nobody could do that. Hippocrates is right. All disease, but it begins in the gut, and let food be your medicine, and medicine be your food. It, and it's it's the only way to to truly thrive as a human being. I've realized that I, I this this path month or this path month exactly has been one month where I have eaten nothing but whole foods, and I haven't had any alcohol, um, <laughs> and it's been it's been insane. It's literally been a a crazy. You look great, Danny. You look great. Thank you. You look great. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's. But you, you really do feel it. I made a, I made like a deal with myself. Like I will only eat <laughs> what I cook. That's it. And I know what I'm going to eat. I know what I'm going to cook. And I, and that's it. It's just as simple as that. And, um, soda water's helped out a lot. A lot of sparkling water is really, <laughs> very good. The carbonation just does something to your brain. I don't know. 
but um, <laughs> man, you can see the difference on um, just the way you handle anything. What you mentioned earlier in the show, would you mention that, you know, crime rates are up and, and uh, mental illness is up. I do think that plays such a huge role. You can't have a car with a messed up transmission or a messed up engine. Like it's, it doesn't matter if you have a good paint job on it. It doesn't matter if the AC still works. The rest of the car is already, it's already suspect now because you, it has a bad internal core. That's the whole point. And I think it's amazing that we're start, we're starting to focus on this now. Like this is the main focus in nutrition is just focus on the engine and then everything else will tend to work properly as long as you just give it time. As long as you were, and then the transition, I'm sure is going to be a little tough for everybody, but well, one of the most impressive, scary um, triggers that I think started a lot of people thinking was early 2020 when COVID hit. Yeah. When, definitely. COVID, hit, when, when COVID hit, the doctor said, don't come to the hospital. You're on your own. We can't help you. Stay away from us. We don't have a cure for you. Yeah. People, especially conscious people, said, wait a minute. Doctors can't help me. I'm on my own. What can I do to build my immune system and stay healthy? They're saying the diabetic, the obese, those with compromised immune systems are dying left and right. I don't want to be one of those numbers. So what do they do? They started studying. What is it? They started listening to, to influencers that were talking about this. And it wasn't about vaccinations for the first year. It wasn't about that. It was about what do we do to be healthier? What do we do to protect ourselves? What do we do to build an immune system? What is an immune system? Right. And our sales went through the roof. We were local. We were adaptive. We were able to respond immediately. We served the communities. We grew like crazy during that period. When my neighbors down the street, the pasteurized milk guys, they were dumping milk in their lagoons because wow. the big processors couldn't adapt to the changing market. They, they couldn't adapt to the fact that all the sales had to go through a store and they no longer had schools or restaurants. Yeah. And we adapted immediately, like in six hours, because our trucks delivered directly to stores. And we, we listened, we responded, and we adapted. They couldn't listen, they couldn't adapt, and they didn't respond. So local raw milk thrives in a crisis for more, more than one reason. Um, and, and the biggest reason probably because people became really smart that, in fact, it's a powerful immune system building food. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you said that we interviewed um, Dr. Peter McCullough in 2021, December of 2021. And that was my main question. I was like, hey, I'm just a regular dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking for any advanced science techniques. I'm asking what can the basic normal person like me do to protect themselves during this time? You know, like what? Is there anything over the counter they can do? Is there a diet that they can follow? And he was very precise. He gave us his over the counter um, survival kit, uh, if you will. And it was pretty basic. It was pretty like common sense. It was like, yeah, you should be doing at least 10,000 IUs of vitamin D. You should be doing yes. a couple milligrams zinc. of vitamin C, like very basic stuff, like take some zinc, take some like basic stuff that I was like, we should just be doing this shit anyways. I was confused <laughs> yeah, on right. how, how like at first it was like, wow, that's brilliant information. I just got the you know, the best information from a doctor who should be paying people or people should be paying him to give this information. I just got it for free and I yep. guess to my friends. But then I really listened to it and broke it down. And I was like, yeah, this is like what people should be doing all the time. And like the core message of his of what he was trying to say was that, yeah, your gut health is literally the most important thing. Once you take care of that, your immune system just skyrockets. Like I haven't even had an inkling of being sick in the last like month since even I've got this and I work around very like, you know, crazy environments and i don't ever feel sick at all and it's unbelievable how how much it affects you I, I i can't wait for everyone to hear this and get inspired and want to 
go ahead and try your products because they really do. They did change my life for real. I didn't even, like I said, I didn't touch milk for like 10 years. And now it's a part of my life. I actually crave milk. I crave raw milk now. Like when I have it, it's refreshing as hell. I can't wait. It's exciting. And it's like, you guys did a lot for my health. It's it's unbelievable. Well, you give a kid, a one or two year old, a little quarter raw milk and a little handle on it. They put a death grip on that sucker and say, it's mine. I do too. <laughs> you know, it's it, there's something innately... A, um, special, live, connective, uh, at a physiological level, which is hard to conceive, that children have with raw milk, that they don't have with highly processed or processed milks. They, they, there's something about it. And I don't know if they can ever determine what it is, but there's something about it. Um, that they, It's the flavor, of course, and there, there's probably some enzymes, maybe some hormones, or maybe just the whole thing. But I'm going to be in LA tomorrow at Erwan. Um, I'm going down there to see what all the buzz is about because they're doing a huge thing down there with Saladino. Saladino went to went to town on that whole thing. They've been selling the the raw milk um, smoothies, the the kefir smoothies down there with uh, Saladino's recipe or Dr. Saladino's recipe, and right. they're selling like hotcakes. And um, so I'm going to go down and taste one myself and shake hands and say hi to people with my daughter. We're all going down tomorrow, and and my grandkids are going with me. So it's going to be fun to connect to people uh, in the stores and say hi. I'll stop by. I'm I'm local in LA. I'll make sure I'll go say hi and and I'm I'm excited because you know I've been making those smoothies myself. I've been I've been using his uh heart and soil supplements and I've been putting them in with my with my shakes, throwing in some organic blueberries and it's it's tremendous. Yeah, that market is great too as well. So yeah, I'll stop by. That'd be a fun time. Well, you got you you got my number. So let's connect and uh, put me down in LA. I'll be at one of the air ones and we'll connect. It'd be great. Oh, definitely. I I wanted to ask you actually one more thing. If sure. In regards to kefir, how was that? different from um milk exactly for people that don't know i know how it's different but how's that different from milk sure and this is raw whole milk it comes directly out of the cow all we do is test it and we immediately chill it so whole milk four and a half percent butterfat okay that goes into a vat we put it into a cheese vat we warm it up to about 80 degrees plus or minus which is far below body temperature. So nothing's affected by that. It just starts to become active, right? It starts to become like yogurt. Things start growing. Then we add in 12 additional um, cultures. Now, wow. you've got 700 different kinds of bacteria potentially in this milk, maybe 300 or 500 on any particular day. We don't know. It's random. It's wild. But then you add in the 12 additional intentional cultures. They kind of add flavor and texture to it a little bit more and kind of drive that culturing process, that fermentation process in a particular direction to make kefir. And that is a legal product in California defined by law. Um, and we make that product and in about a day and a half. It's fully fermented. The pH drops to around 3.8 or 3.9. So it's acidic. It has a long shelf life of 45 days. It never really goes bad. It just ferments more. Um, it's not particularly sensitive to being left in the warmth. Because it's already been cooked, uh, not cooked, but I mean warmed, warmed, right? And so the uh, it's completely unprocessed in any way other than fermentation, which is a warming process to body temperature or less than body temperature, 80 degrees. So it is a, I believe that if you look at the history, the archaeological history of mankind and humans around the world, that most milk in the past has been consumed as kefir. And the reason is, if you milk the cow or goat or sheep or horse or camel or uh, water buffalo, reindeer into a gourd, an unclean container from last week, it had the mother culture in it. And it never got warm. It never got chilled. It, right. it stayed warm. So you've got this vat or this container, this vessel with warm milk and cultures in it from last last week or last days or whatever. So that would literally within 
12 to 24 hours become a clabbered milk or a kefir type milk very rapidly. And so that would have a long shelf life. It would sit on the shelf in the house for a week and you could consume it. So you may have gotten fresh milk if you had the cow yourself and you drank it within a few hours, but then afterwards it would not be. So I really believe that the massive health benefits that have helped mankind sustain itself came from kefir or kefir-like products um, that were fluid. Now, old kefir, get yourself a cloth, pour kefir through it, and what comes out the bottom? The whey protein. You can take that, ferment your vegetables with it, or drink it straight up. It's fantastic for your muscles and it's great stuff. Um, what was caught in the cheesecloth became cheese. You add a little salt to it, and that was indefinite aging. It would last for years. So farmer cheese is made from kefir. So all of the milk was utilized. It was utilized as a lacto-fermentation base for vegetables to cure your whatever you wanted, or as a cheese. So kefir, I think, is really uh, Mother Nature's blueprint from a historical perspective as a super, super food to build immune systems and keep you healthy. I love I love that you guys don't waste anything. Like I saw that even you guys, even the buttermilk, you guys use that as you just put it back into the fields for the for the cows. It's even better. It's amazing. Right. I love that, man. Thank, well, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. I felt like this well, is super important. I want to leave you with one last thought here. Raw milk has 4%, maybe 4.5% butter fat. Remember we talked about earlier, the right. 60% of the bioactive elements that are powerful for you are carried on the butterfat globule. That's 4%. Now, here's my best friend over here, Cream. That's got 40% butterfat. Think about the bioactives it's carrying. 10 times more than this, right? 10 times more because it's more butterfat. What do you say about butter being 87% butterfat? Incredible. It's a massive brain building because it's got raw fats, good for the nerves but also all the bioactive components that have not been taken away because the fluid, you know, it, it hasn't been pasteurized. It's, it's all there. So you got 4%, 40%, 86% of these massive amounts of bioactives carried on the butter fat globule. Wow. What a message to vegans, huh? It's uh, <laughs> well, welcome back. Come walk, walk towards the light. We'll help you. I think their diets are awesome, except they're mess missing some of the animal fats. And you know what a message I have to say? It's not conflicted here. It's really set. Vegan mothers produce raw animal fats for their babies in their breast milk. There's a reason why animal fats are involved in life on earth. So let's nourish ourselves to nourish our babies. And that raw animal fats are critical for that. Mother Nature's blueprint proves it. Couldn't agree more. Mark McAfee, you're the man. Thank you so much for coming in. Let's connect. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, sounds good. I'll send you a text right after this. We'll get that going. Thanks, Danny. Of course. What before we leave? Is there anywhere people can find you? Uh, social media. Where can they find Raw Farm products? All that, all that good stuff. Raw Farm USA. My daughter's got a screaming hot Instagram, TikTok, uh, our website, uh, Facebook. I mean, she it's got massive numbers of followers, and, and and just put raw milk in Raw Farm, and you'll find us all over social media. Beautiful. And for those of you guys who don't know, they're at basically every Sprouts in California. So you're 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 good to go. It's not just sprouts. We're carrying in a bunch of natural food stores as well. Air One has us. Um, uh, we're all over the place. 550 stores, I believe, in California. On our website, Raw Farm USA, you can find a, a, a finder to find the local store. And you can always come to the farm where it's sold the cheapest. And we'd love to see you. Beautiful. Sounds good. Thank you, Mr. McAfee. Appreciate you. You're welcome. This has been Alternate Take. We'll see you guys later. Peace. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. 
Mr. Mark McAfee, owner, CEO of Raw Farm. Thanks a lot for joining the show, sir. I had such a great time. Um, it's been great connecting with you and and learning how you do your things. You know, I mean, bottom line, guys, I'm a nerd. You know, I'm don't get it twisted. I'll fuck you up, dude. I'll, I'm in Muay Thai right now, man, and Jiu-Jitsu. I'll fucking, you know. But that being said, jokes aside, I do love to learn about nutrition and science, man. And you know, I'm I'm very obsessed with the idea of of leaving the next generation better. Um, then I, then I had it, you know, I, I want to be the in shape uncle. I want them to, uh, I want to be the highly nutritious uncle. You know, I know that sounds fucking dorky as hell, dude. Be the uncle who gives money, you know, I'll do those things too, but you know, I want, I want them to look forward to something, you know, that I can be successful like him. It's all about leaving a legacy, man. So, um, without people like Mark McAfee creating the products that they create, you know, it would make it a lot harder for me to do that. So, uh, I really appreciate his company and everyone involved. And uh, hope you guys go check it out, man. Like I said, they're available at All Sprouts, uh, Erewhon Markets, Bristol Farms, Mother's Markets, all over the place, man. Raw milk is the way to go. You heard it here at Alternate Take. For all you guys that are Alternate Take fans, um, check us out on Instagram at Alternate Take Podcast and on YouTube at Alternate Take Podcast. And uh, I appreciate you guys, man. Spread the wild, spread this shit like wildfire. Anyways, this has been Alternate Take. My name is Danny Rodriguez, and I'll see you guys later. Peace.